this message, I want to kick it off. I will do part two of it next week because I don't want to rush through this. But I felt um, I've been really digging into the book of Revelation in preparation. We're going to do an eight-week study starting Wednesday night at 6.30. And so I just encourage you to come. I, I believe you'll be encouraged. You'll, we'll study the mystery of it together for sure. And so to kind of start this this morning, I, I wanted to begin with um, an introduction to the book of Revelation and tie it into what I see as um, the sign of the times. What's going on right now? It's one thing to read it, and it's also, so, so what? What does it have to do with what was written 2,000 years ago? And I think you'll see some relevance to it. I, I pulled off some articles that have come in from a rabbi friend in Israel um, who keeps me plugged in every, it's amazing. The Israeli intelligence and their news media does a whole lot of inter-reviewing of things that are going on in the earth, and uh, we don't see very much, so I love his perspective that he gives to me from that. But More people on Facebook with this? Interesting. All right. Well, let me ask you a question. If someone were to come to you and say, what time is it? That's probably not how you would normally, if, if you're on the street, you're, you're walking there, you're at Walmart and says, hey, what time is it? You'd probably go look, look at your phone and you'd give them Eastern Standard Time because you're in the Eastern Standard region, right, time zone, and you would give them that. Um, but there's a relevance to time that has the what, when, and where of it. And so if when we were in Nepal or India or China, uh, like we've been it doesn't do you any good to find out what Eastern Standard Time is other than if your family's at home and you want to call them so you don't wake them up in the middle of the night. But when it says, what time is it? Knowing the time is a responsibility because it has to do with, let's say you're getting ready to go on a, an airline trip and you need to know what time you need to be at the airline. So when you say to your spouse or friend, what time is it? There's an implication there. The flight leaves at this certain time, we better make sure we are on time. So there's a what and a when and a where of time. Well, in the spiritual realm, it applies also. Let me ask a question. Um, is there a spiritual clock in heaven? Probably can't find a scripture for that. However, uh, there is a spiritual clock in heaven. We know that God lives outside of time, but He lives in the control of all time. If... Uh, I see that, uh, where's Walter Goey? Is Walter here? Wave at me, Walter. I just, Walter's done some amazing teachings for us. We love his teaching with us. He did one on the, on the cosmos, the revelation. He did it on many, the molecular level. He did it on the cosmos level. Do you know that the super, my superhero, who runs the whole thing, makes this universe run more accurately than a Swiss clock? If you don't think there's a super being, you, this is something wrong with you. It takes too much faith to believe as an atheist. I'm telling you what. And so when we look at, the, if you don't think he cares about time, you're wrong. He operates outside of it, but he has a spiritual clock. Go with me for a minute. Imagine for a moment. On his spiritual clock, there's this place where we talk about creation. There was a time, a Kairos moment, when he, God said, let there be light. And there was. And he went through the days of creation, and at one point he said, I'm going to create man into my own image. So there's this point on his clock. That might be at the, 
the, the beginning of 12 a.m., but then move over to 1 a.m. You start looking at when was Moses and the slavery and the release from the Red Sea. When did that? There's a moment on the spiritual clock where the Red Sea opened and Pharaoh's armies were destroyed. By the way, architecturally, they have found the remnants of that in the Dead Sea, okay? They've just discovered that. Well, they found all these armaments from what looks like Egyptian war machines. Isn't that interesting how they found that? As the Dead Sea has gone down and they've made makeup and they find all these finds, right? All right, move on in the clock. What's the next thing? You might get down to, was it important that Jesus was born of a virgin? I think that's pretty important. How about his life and all the miracles, the resurrection, right? There is a clock in heaven and in the control center of the throne room. If you've ever operated, uh, let's go and give a couple of examples of this. You ever been on an airplane, you'll notice there's a conning tower and the control, the air traffic controllers, very important job, they control who's coming in, who's leaving, what's the landing, what place are you going. If that control is not operational right, there is a big disaster going on. If you've ever operated on a warship, when I was on the fast attack submarines, you had a con. And when the person who controlled the ship, whether it's weapons, propulsion, depth, there's a guy who's in charge of the con. And when the captain comes in, the captain has the con. And he takes over at that moment and he declares, make your depth to here. Make your speed to here. Because we're going in a particular direction. There is a control function that happens. And if you don't think the throne room and that controlling mechanism of God in the midst of the universe is an opera. You're mistaken. Another example of this would be, remember Hurricane Florence? Who could forget that, right? The governor came on, they manned up the emergency control center, and you had the National Guard, you had the rescue, fire, fire and water, you had 911, you had the weather folks, and guess what? Everything else generally took a back seat, even in your life and in mine. Why? Because the time was, there's a hurricane coming. And it, they counted down the time. You could track the storm. My wife and I would always say, man, I wish they wouldn't do it so many weeks in advance. We get all freaked out and then, you, you know, but hey, they're doing the job. So here you got this control that says, look, all the barrier beaches, you need to be evacuated off here by this in time and don't call us if you do not evacuate after you have been warned don't call 911 because the rescuers are not coming. You are on your own. You have violated the warnings, and therefore, you will suffer the consequences of not listening to what the control center has told you. You see where I'm going on this? Okay. So, this is the point where we know that God has a time clock, and I thank God that He brought revelation to it. Several weeks ago, I dug us into the, the, the war that's coming, the Ezekiel 36, 37, 38, 39 war that is coming. I'm going to ask our team pretty soon if you'll key up that first one that shows Erdogan from Turkey, Putin from Russia, and Rouhani from Iran, if you'll just key up that one. This was sent to me this week by someone. Um, I won't reveal it at this moment because I don't want to uncover that person. You're in a place where... Anyway, so, but it is this, this is a meeting place that's going to take place. Now, there you have Russia, Turkey, and Iran. Now, if you look at the prophecies in Ezekiel, and he listed this, 
you look at Ezekiel 38, I preached out of this about three or four weeks ago. The word of the Lord came to me. He says, in the latter days, if, if you can go to the second screen, that would be great. I don't know if it'll, we were loading it before, but it doesn't matter. if you, Okay, he's got it. Um, so this is a picture that's worth a thousand words. If you remember the prophecy of the Ezekiel war, in the latter days, Ezekiel said this 2,500 years ago, the Dead Sea Scrolls have found it. They know for sure that it is valid and it's written in a, that period of time. He says, in a long distance time from now, I will call Gog and Magog to this place and they will come against now my people who are in their homeland after they have been scattered and sent out. They will be brought back to their land, and in that latter-day season, there will be an alignment of nations. Go to the next slide. There will be an alignment of nations that will come against my people. And if you look, he says, those who live in the north, you can't see too well on this, but just imagine with me, um, if you picture the Middle East, that little spot there where Israel is, if you go north, you hit Turkey. If you continue north from there, you hit Moscow. To the right is Iran. Immediately to the right is Iraq. And so if you look at what's going on, the alignment of those nations in that day, he says, I will bring them against my people. A horde of many. This meeting is happening. This is the group that is now in Syria. We know the Russians have, have established themselves in Russia. We know that we're pulling back out. The Israelis in the last couple of weeks took out defense systems that the, that the Russians had put in, missile defense system, that the Russians had put in for the Syrians. And they were, I listened to a thing yesterday, that says, they're not really sure how the Israelis were able to take that system out. <laughs> wow. What time is it? That's one prophecy. Pull up the next slide if you can, Daniel. This is another one that I pulled off a few weeks ago from another friend. It says, Many of us have talked about the cashless society and the revelation of what is coming and the chip technology that will not allow you to buy or sell unless you have a chip. Well, guess what? It is here. And the nations are now changing. Go to the next slide. The one that deals with um, Israel has now passed the law. We'll keep going. It's the second set. There you go. The Israeli government enacts a law to severely restrict the use of cash and traceable checks. As of January 1st, India has already gone this route last year in restricting some of the cash value, the larger bills. Where are they going? Well, it's under the guise of security, but there's coming a point now where you're going to see more and more of the technology because of the fears of loss of money and stolen identity and da-da-da. You're going to end up being offered. There are companies now implanting their employees with the chip. So when they travel overseas, they can flash the chip either in their forehead or their arm or in their finger at the point where they can show who they are. It tracks their entire identity. If you've been through an airport like we have in the last, they now have retinal scans. This whole thing is being locked down technology. And it is coming. We are in this place where it's all, so what time is it? What time is it? Okay, thank you, Daniel. Pull that down. Well, if we look at Spiritually, the clock, if you'll look at your handout, if you don't have a copy of the outline, it would be good to have one. I don't know if you don't. Maybe uh, somebody could run out there and get, thanks, Pastor Mike. And if there's a married couple, you could share. That would be great. Or 
friends. All right, because uh, I, wa- I want you to take a look at these. We're going to go look at this next week as well, because I won't get through it all in the next 10, 12 minutes. But I do want to ask if you would turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 12. In the revelation of time, it's interesting that Chronicles, which is the chronicle of events <laughs> of time, written by the Holy Spirit through the revelation, and it shows here, let's take a look at, in uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 10, I'll just hit a couple of highlights here, 1 Chronicles chapter 10, this is the chronicle of the kings and the kingdom, the death of King Saul, because of Saul's misbehavior, he was disobedient to the call of God, he was raised up and given the position, but in his disobedience, he got into a seance and he went to the witch of Endor and they called up a demonic realm. And that, at that moment, God says, I now remove the kingdom from you. He is now killed in battle. David has been prophesied. If you remember, over 20 years prior, the prophet Samuel brings the sons of Jesse together and there's this prophecy and David is anointed as king, even though it's 20 some odd years later, where he fulfills that. You ever had a prophecy that hasn't happened yet? Amen? Don't give up on it. And so we see in that the death of Saul, David becomes king, and the people, all the people of the, of the nation and all the different tribes come together, and they decide to make David king. But I want you to see something. They all had particular uh, giftings. There were worshipers. There were warriors. In chapter 12, the, the warriors that joined David, the mighty men that come, but there was a group. You had the Zadok priesthood. We've talked about them. They are a unique group of the Zadok priesthood, even more anointed, more righteous than the Levitical priests. And we see that, the sons of Zadok. But look at verse 32 in 1 Chronicles 12, 32. From the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of that tribe and their relatives. All. Say all. All All these men understood The sign of the times, better yet, they knew the course that Israel should take. It's one thing to know the time. It's another thing to know what to do about it, right? And so King James says it this way. It says, and the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. So we see there was a remnant that knew that David should be king but they also had a revelation of what was going on in the spirit realm, in the natural application of that for that nation. We need people in government like that right now. We pray for our president, our Congress, all of our court systems. We need people. We need people in the churches, the leadership that are not... um, We're not captured by other things. We we, we preach the word of truth to prepare the people, the remnant, so there are at least hundreds and hundreds of thousands of remnant people that we know what time it is. Do you know what time it is? Because Jesus said it's really important for us to know what time it is. If we look now at your outline, it says, Jesus also gave revelation. Not only do we have all the old-time prophet revelation stuff that we've looked at through Ezekiel. Last week, we looked at Haggai. A few weeks ago, we looked at Zechariah in the prophecy that was coming, the first coming, second coming. But then Jesus himself, now think about this. They had the Old Testament 
They had the scrolls. But now here's Jesus. He appears to his disciples on this night before he's going to be crucified. It's getting close. We've walked to the, to the Garden of Gethsemane. We sat there. They sat on the Mount of Olives. And they were all like together. And they said, look at the splendor. Remember last year, last week I spoke of the second temple that had been built by, by Haggai and, and uh, Zerubbabel and those, right? So the second temple's, and they're, and they're like marveling. It's like, look at the ornateness of this beautiful temple. And you get this picture of Jesus and the boys kind of sitting there saying, look at how beautiful that temple is. And Jesus bursts their bubble. He goes, yeah, you see this? Not one stone will be left. Not one stone will be left. It will all be destroyed. And they're like, they're looking at each other like, what does he mean now? Okay, it's like, what's he talking about now? Do you get this, John? I don't get it. No, I don't get it. Right? And he goes, so they, they come and they now look at the revelation of what Jesus begins to tell them. And he, he writes, we'll look at, probably look at Luke 21 in a moment, but he writes it in three of the Gospels. Three of the gospel writers account this time that Jesus sat there. When you get it three times out of three gospels, he wants us to get it. You ever had uh, somebody you love tell you three times something? You ought to get it, right? And so Jesus reveals this prophecy of the end time revelation, both in Matthew 24 and Luke 21 and in Mark 13. But if that wasn't good enough, when the culmination of the Scriptures is put together for the New Testament, the New Testament, the, the Council of Nicaea decides we need to have the book written in Revelation to John because now, here we are, when Jesus has died 60 years after roughly His death, He decides through revelation given from the Father to the Son Go tell my servant John what the church needs to know about what is coming because the time is at hand. Now, you get the picture of this. You got the Old Testament prophets and all of what they're doing, and then you get to the, what Jesus wrote through the Scriptures and the Gospels about, and then he says, 60 years later, you see what's happened is all the disciples are dead except John. The church, many of the new church members are brand new. They didn't walk with Jesus. They got it through the revelation of those who did walk with him, but now they're gone. You got a new church because we got to write this down because the guys that are coming after you, Jesus wrote in John 17, all those who will ever come as a result of your witness, that's us, they need to know that this is coming. So the book of Revelation is very important. It's a book that says, well, let's now look, let's turn to Revelation chapter 1. Why don't we begin at the beginning? In Revelation 1, beginning in verse 1, this is the revelation from Jesus Christ which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John who faithfully reported everything he saw, this is his report of the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. God blesses the one who reads this Word. 
to his, of this prophecy to the church. Thank you, Jesus. And he blesses all who listen, and he blesses all who listen, and he blesses all who listen to its message and obey, and obey what it says, for the time is near. Now, let's pick that apart. The King James says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants the things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent the signified by the angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus and all the things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads it. Now, what you see here is, first of all, we know from Jesus' own words, he doesn't know the day of the hour on the clock that this thing gets all rolled up. He says, I don't know, and the angels don't know. My father knows. So the big clock in the control room of the throne room area, there's a minute hand, there's a second hand, and there's a, an hour hand, and it's ticking. But there's one. So Jesus said, you can know the season. You'll know the season. When you start to see these things start to take place, you'll know it's at hand. But as appointing the day or the hour, what if it's this afternoon? Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Huh? Lord, help us to be, could be really good right now if you did it, Lord. We might, we might make it. Yeah. We've been in a good place this morning after communion. <laughs> and so, he said, I don't know the day or the hour, but my father does. And it says here, the father, the father turns to his son and said, it's time to write this down. Go get the angel and bring this revelation, son, through the angel to John and tell the churches. That's the revelation of Christ. Now, there's three, if you look at that first, number one there, the book of Revelation is just that. It's a revelation. It means apocalypse. There's so much. If you go on, it's amazing to me, when you look at the, the movies that are on right now, the walking dead garbage and all that, you know, all that stuff, the zombie land and the, the you know, alien this and that and robotic. Man, it is all preparation of this stuff that is coming down, right? It's like... The revelation, in the Greek, it means apocalypsis, right? And we see that it is actually a prophetic revelation, but it's done as B, there is a prophecy. You'll see in those scriptures, there is a, he says, this prophecy, this prophecy, this prophecy. It is the prophecy revealed to us, and he does it through seven letters to the churches. Now, Wednesday night, we're going to cover this in a great, great amount of detail, But when you look at the seven churches, they actually existed. They were church plants along that time. There were seven churches that represented that, planted by Paul and and the the disciples. And it gives a message to the churches. And in that letter, 2A, there's actually three purposes behind why Revelation was written to us. One is, first it reveals serious deviation from truth and righteousness. In the seven churches, it's a warning. It's a rebuke. You've done all these things. I like this, but I don't like this. You've tolerated this woman Jezebel. I'm about to throw her into bed of sickness, and all of her children will die. Like, whew, that's, that sounds like apocalyptic, right? Letters of serious deviation and a warning and a rebuke to bring repentance. B is, but it was also given to strengthen faith and loyalty to Christ. He knew that there was going to be martyrdom. It was to inspire overcoming faith even in the face of death. When we look at the raptures, you'll see what we mean about that. I'm probably going to pick that up next week. So we see here, 
to, it was the third part was to provide the believers from all generations God's perspective on this fierce conflict between Satan and him and his church and what the outcome will be. You've read, you probably heard the statement before, we read the back of the book and we win. It's true. Uh, it's good. That's good. Getting there looks a little hairy, but it's going to be good. It's going to be a good ride, right? So we like to jump right to that, the end of that story, right? This is not a Hallmark movie, okay? My wife and I, we laugh. We watch so many of them because there's so much trash on TV. It's like, okay, we know the, the kiss is going to be interrupted, but at the end, they're going to kiss, and they're going to be okay, and it's, they're going to love each other, and it's going to all work out, right? The good news is that get the end of that hallmark is true, but all that stuff up front, woo the book of Revelation is going to be something here. Well, when we look at the dealing of the last things, number three there, there's this, let me read this and then we'll conclude. Turn with me to Luke 21. We'll just kind of let this settle for a week and we'll pick up next week. Turn with me to Luke's gospel, chapter 21. This is one of the prophetic words, red letter from Jesus himself. And I'll tell you, it, it it has a, you talk about being outside of time, there, there, there appears to be both the tribulation hour, the working up to the tribulation hour of all the persecution that comes, all the wars and rumors. So it's got the prior history, it has current history, it also has the rapture, the wars, the second coming. It's, it's like, so when you look at this, like, where are we in the timeline? And if you read all of these, it's purposefully vague and mysterious. Why? Do you think, the, if you, well, we know that the, uh, the rapture is going to happen at uh, halfway through the tribulation hour, so let's go pate until the middle of the tribulation hour, and then I'll get saved. I've had people say, yeah, I'm going to get saved someday, but I'm going to have too much fun in the midst. Good luck with that. You probably will not. You might have fun for a little while. But I'm telling you what, because he knows human nature. If we get, oh, yeah, tomorrow night, we're, you know, we're going to get out of here on the first plane out of here. You'd be like, oh, let's go fast right now. He purposefully makes this vague with a warning, a severe warning of those who are not ready. But he also gives it to us in a way that we're, we are desiring to walk in that. It's the continual presence, right, of God. So are you there? Luke 21, let's, let's pick up in verse 5. Luke 21, 5. Jesus foretells the future. Some of His disciples began talking about the majestic stonework of the temple and the memorial decorations on the walls. But Jesus said, the time is coming when all these things will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Teacher. They asked, when, when will this happen? What sign will you show us that these things are about to take place? He replied, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah, saying the time has come. Have we had any of those? David Koresh, Jim Jones, Sun Yat Moon, on it goes, right? I am the Messiah. Don't you believe it? Don't you go follow after him? Then you'll hear of wars and rumors, insurrections. Don't panic. 
Yet these things must take place first, but the end won't follow immediately. Then he added, nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, great earthquakes. There will be famines and plagues in many lands, and there will be terrifying things and great miraculous signs from heaven. But before this all occurs, there will be a time of great persecution. You'll be dragged into the synagogue and prisons. You'll stand trial before kings and governors because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. So don't worry in advance about how you'll answer the charges against you. For I will give you the right words with such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you. Even those closest to you, your parents, brothers, relatives, friends, betray you. They'll even kill you. We've had Muslim believers who've had a revelation of Jesus Christ that have been killed, attempted or have had to go hide out because family members, Sharia law that has come after. If anyone will hate you because you are my followers, but not a hair on your head will perish, by standing firm, you will win your own souls. That's an interesting statement. By standing strong, by standing firm, you will win your own souls. King James says, in your patience, you will possess your own souls. Something about winning in the midst of martyrdom that open door. And when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then you will know that the time of destruction has arrived. Those in Judea must flee. By the way, that's happening right now. When you look at Israel surrounded on the north by Lebanon, Hamas in the, on the, in the Gaza, right? They're at peace right now with Jordan, but Iran is building its form. Man. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, you'll know the time of destruction has arrived. Those in Judea flee to the hills. Those in Jerusalem get out. Those in the country should not return to the city, for those will be the days of God's vengeance. That's an interesting statement when we look later about when you, many think the rapture will occur. Though days of God's vengeance and prophetic words of the Scriptures will be fulfilled, How terrible it will be for pregnant women, for nursing mothers in those days. For there will be disaster in the land, great anger against this people. They will be killed by the sword or sent away as captives to all the nations of the world. Did that happen? Yes. And Jerusalem will be trampled down by the Gentiles until the period of the Gentiles comes to an end. When did Israel get control of Jerusalem? 1967. And there will be strange signs in the moon, the stars, and here on earth, the nations in turmoil, perplexity, roaring seas, strange tides. People will be terrified at what they see coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming, here's second coming, in the cloud with power and great glory. So when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up, for your salvation is near. Then he gave them this illustration. Notice the fig tree, or any other tree, when the leaves start to come out, you know without being told that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things take place, you can know that the kingdom is near. The kingdom of God is near. I tell you the truth. This generation will not pass from the scene until all 
these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will disappear. My words will never disappear. Watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing, drunkenness, the worries of this life. Don't let the day catch you unaware like a trap. For the day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep alert at all times and pray that you might be strong enough to escape. That you might be strong enough. Pray that you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. How'd you like to be sitting there on the Mount of... Oh, we just asked when this is going to happen. And there, Can you imagine those guys sitting there saying, Whoa. Next week, I want to pick up, we're going to deal with what are the raptures, what does that look like, what does the second coming, what's the preparation, and we're going to look at where we are the next few weeks, what are the current events that are occurring right now that we are so focused on all the other stuff that the media's got us all bubbled up in, right? But we need to be aware of the fact that, guess what? This thing is moving fast. And the only way we're going to escape, let me leave you with a promising scripture. At the bottom of your outline, Jesus said, when you see these things, you can know that it's near, even at the door. But I like this Revelation 10, uh, Revelation 3. Turn with Revelation chapter 3. And it kind of goes with that last verse we read. Pray that you might be able to escape. That means not everybody escapes, I think. <laughs> Jesus said it. Pray that you might be able. Look at uh, chapter 3 and verse 10. Because you have obeyed. This is to the church at Philadelphia. Because you have obeyed my command to persevere. Feel like you're persevering in some things? I do. Because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God. And they will never have to leave it. Now, does that mean he's going to keep us in it, through it, out of it? I'll let you decide. When we look at next week, we'll take apart the different theological understandings and revelations of raptures, the millennium, the second coming, how some of these prophecies tie together, and then where are we in the time zone? I'll leave you with this. What time is it? It's time to get ready. It is time to get ready. When you listen to guys, I love Hagee, there's so many of them. They, there are many that have said, look, everything is fulfilled prophetically for the disappearance of the church to go down right now. It's all been fulfilled. One of the things, if, I think it was, how many Left Behind series books are there? About 14 or 15. 14, wow. He's read all of them, praise God. You ever see the one Left Behind, right? Grandma's telling her granddaughter, Oh, yeah, there's a kingdom and God, and yeah, 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 Grandma. And all of a sudden, Grandma disappears, and, and there's Grandma's clothes on the floor. And she comes in and finds Grandma's clothes and goes, uh-oh, maybe it was right. It's real, right? We're going to look at 
the remnant, one of the prophetic words is, or prophetic uh, beliefs is, there's a remnant that gets raptured, but those who are not ready with any oil in their lamps, they got to go through the martyrdom to prove their faith. Uh, Lord, let us, please, Lord. Uh, that's why we, we joke sometimes, right? We come in and say, oh, you're still here. I, I guess the rapture didn't happen. Be tough, you know, we come next week and only half the church is here. Anyway, let's just stand. Thank you for your patience and your time. Lord, we just come before you this morning, and we thank you. Lord, we know that your word, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration. Why? To equip, to rebuke, to train, that we might be fully ready. So, Lord, we're just asking that the word would become alive, active, sharp, cutting right between all our soulish realm stuff. Lord, I ask for dreams, vision, revelation, unction. Many came and asked for more of the Holy Spirit. Katie said, let, let those who want the fire of God. Many responded. Those who came, Lord, I pray now there's a hunger. Let that hunger produce this move in us that is so inspiring to be excited. We turn off the stuff that, man, I just... I just can't desire, I just, this desire, Lord, that there would be a remnant of people that righteousness is the rule of our hearts, a desire to please Him, a people that are hungry to please you. Then we'll see UNCW and Cape Fear and our neighbors. So, Lord, I pray now, Lord, as we come, in this first Sunday of the year, Lord, we're in this 21-day fast. Thank you, Lord. There's going to be a revelation in this fast. Lord, as we fast before you, that you'll bring a revelation of the Spirit that is specific to families. What is it that people in the family need to do? What is it that you're showing? How do we restore relationships? How do we forgive God, I pray that this fast produces great fruit. Produces fruit, Lord. It's one thing to fast and get hungry. It's another thing to fast and see the kingdom come. So, Lord, let your kingdom come. And now I bless all the families here, Lord, as we begin this year together. We don't know what lies before us. But you said you'd never leave us and you'd never forsake us. Never. Let that bring peace and comfort to our hearts now. We bless in Jesus' name. Don't forget, tomorrow night we have men's group. We have Mary Esther's handmaiden group. Um, Tuesday night is ladies' pursuit. Um, Kingdom men, I invite all the men, just come out. 7 o'clock in, in, in the admin building, great room. Just come together and be part. Wednesday night, we'll be here at 6.30. Don't forget, we've got so many good things going on. Bless you all. Thank you.